important point is that try you should be trying to introduce new ideas outside of the world that you know yes outside of the world that you inhabit every single day hey beautiful people and welcome to another episode of sahu the growth and leadership podcast today i have a very special guest a symbolism of women in power a former director of marketing and operations at the Durban Chamber of Commerce and now the director of strategic partnerships for Mary's Meal a global initiative that addresses extreme poverty in the world's poorest communities please welcome Tuweni Gondwe Aba hey Tuweni how are you i'm fine thanks how are you <laughs> i'm very well thanks um thanks for joining me today and i mean it's it's incredible to have you on the podcast and and chat to you about just the projects that you initiated the projects you've worked with and just to give a background of who you are and also women in power and women in business as well okay um gosh it's so much <laughs> to tell um it's been a long journey it's um you know on the the real life front i'm 49 years old so i've been around for half a century so i'd like to believe i've picked up a couple of lessons that i can share today That's, um that's then, incredible <laughs> yeah and then on the on the professional front you know i've been uh, in business as an exec in various roles uh for the last 24 years so i've worked in publishing in uh, television i've worked in newspapers i've worked in non-profit organizations that's kind of my background so i mean i would say i'm a uh, communications professional uh Uh, or a leader in communications uh, probably that would encapsulate everything that, yeah yeah i think that puts it into a sphere but how how did you get into the space and how did you grow in into your different roles and i mean you've now an executive you've taken on bigger challenges and obviously mission driven in all activities and opportunities you take on board so where did it all start you know it all started without a clue to be honest with you it's not without a clue um just like i think a, a lot of young people would be um after graduating from varsity even the, the program i did in varsity i wasn't sure what i wanted to study so my mom had to uh, who's an academic um she she sort of said look okay what subjects do you like and i said well i really like english and i'm really good at english she says okay fine why don't you do uh, a degree um that has something to do with what you like so i said well i like reading <laughs> just said okay good <laughs> so i did literature a double major in literature and linguistics and um and from then i graduated you know top of my class uh, you know prize uh, winning student etc but i still didn't have a clue what i wanted to do now with that degree that i had <laughs> in my pocket um, and then uh you know uh, moved down to cape town at that point and then someone you know we were watching uh, tv and someone said to me you know that's a really interesting uh, commercial and i said yeah that's a very interesting uh, ad i wonder how they make ads in my mind at that point i thought that adverts were made at the tv station i didn't know there was something called you know an ad agency or that someone could actually get a job writing which is what i love still uh, more than than anything else that i do is to write So um out, out of that we started doing research unfortunately there was no google so there were actual visits to actual libraries involved <laughs> <laughs> um 
and you know i went and i, I started you know uh, asking around and i found out no you know to, to be able to write those adverts those funny ads that i saw on tv um copywriter and to be a copywriter there's a qualification uh, that you can you can get so that's how i ended up sort of scout, uh, getting a, a bursary to go to the triple a school of advertising and i studied there uh, i did my postgraduate there uh, specializing in cop copywriting and that's how I got into work. I didn't have a clue. I just knew I really loved to write. And I also knew I was really good at writing, but it took a lot of inputs from different people to help me find you know, what I'm good at. And then after I found what I'm good at, then I could say, well, how do I apply what I'm good at in a context in which someone will actually part with money for, for that? <laughs> um, and so I ended up with advertising. So it was quite, quite accidental. Um, in, in a lot of ways. But once I got into advertising, I just felt like I'd found my tribe. I just fit in, I, it, I made sense and it made sense. Um, and so my career really grew from there. And, and how would you say advertising has sort of, has it encapsulated sort of your being and, and your balance in, in daily life? So like when you look at an ad, I know when I, being an economist in sort of the space, when I see something, I always look like further further into it and I'm like, oh, what are, the, what are these factors and, and sort of going in deeper? Do you look at ads and, and how, how do you feel social media has influenced your take on advertisements as well as strategic positions in ad advertising? Yeah, it's a, look, I think everything is kind of like in flux at the moment. Uh, the advent of social media, I think we all knew at the beginning when we got our first little MySpace account that something <laughs> special was happening, but we were not sure what that something special was. And then, you know, uh, fast forward to Facebook, you were kind of like chatting with friends. Um, but in the beginning, it was really genuinely about posting photos of your dogs and, you know, <laughs> and your lunch. Um, and now it has evolved into something so much more, something so very powerful that um, uh, now even the owners of those platforms are, uh, can get to a point where they uh, uh, you know, remove power from heads of state by removing access to social media. So there's no denying that uh, social media is incredibly impactful in shaping perceptions and positions on, on everything pretty much. Um, so for me now, I, I think you know, raising a teen, uh, a teenager and, and a couple of twins, um, I'm starting to see, uh, even in our conversations, the influence of um, what is out there in digital media. And mind you, they're not allowed to be on social media, but just the access even to things like YouTube um, and, um, uh, and Weverse, where they, you know, they check out music and stuff like that. Um, they, they come home with the, the most incredible ideas and they, um, they engage on, on, on issues in a, in a way that, frankly, is a little bit frightening to me. Those things coming out of a 10-year-old mouth uh, talking about politics. And um, like last night, we had a debate on uh, communism versus capitalism. And I could barely make, my, make sense because I was just, <laughs> first of all, shocked that we were having this conversation. Um, but so that's the impact of, 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 uh, of social media. It has changed even, uh, you know, dynamic, like I'm saying, from government in terms of politics, uh, the, the, the Trump Twitter saga, um, all the way down to the, to the micro household. Uh, myself as a mom with my children, um, engaging with ideas around what the world is about um, and also what product is about. The definition of product has changed. People have become the product. 
Um, and uh, before we used to say people are commodifying uh, human beings or you know, uh, sort of taking advantage, but now we ourselves are, are doing that, you know, and turning ourselves into products uh, to be sold and to be, uh, I don't know, to be, to be commodified and- Yeah, no, I- I, I words to monetize ourselves, it's, it's quite frightening. No, I, I definitely see that. And, and recently I joined TikTok and I'm not gonna lie, I've learned a lot more on TikTok than I did in school, actually. <laughs> the amount of stuff that people are actually creating. Um, <laughs> and it's just surprising me because I tell my folks and I'm like, you know what, I just saw this on TikTok and they're like, what's TikTok? I'm like, never mind, you're too old for that. But let's let's just let's just go back to what I've learned. <laughs> and it's just what people people are creating and the content they're creating. It's just it's creating a, a different mindset in in terms of entrepreneurship, uh, business, yeah. uh, language, and just human development. Uh, and I yeah. think, and, and how have you, how are you on TikTok? I think this is, it's, a, it's an interesting one, or maybe just browsing through the, the feed. <laughs> I, am, I am on TikTok. The only reason I'm on TikTok, I don't even know how to navigate my way around TikTok. I've never posted anything. I can hardly see where anything is, but, I joined because that was the condition in which my daughter could join. So I say to her, you can join if I join and we must be connected. And then we were connected for about, uh, about a month or so, after which she then informed me, said, you do know that I can, uh, I can keep you in a different circle or something. You know, you, you, don't, <laughs> you might not see everything that I do. <laughs> so she's telling me <laughs> what I'm missing. She says, there are things I can do on TikTok that you can't see. You need to be aware of this. I was like, oh my goodness. And so, so yeah, learning never ends. I'm a media and marketing professional. So learning never ends. I I've got a date with her um, one of these days to actually give me a tutorial to actually teach me how it, how it works. <laughs> but I enjoy watching random videos that pop up. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know who puts them there. I don't know where they come. So the architecture of TikTok as well is quite um, and maybe once I figure out the architecture, I can I can say, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with it. But for now, I'm on everything uh, except that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic. I think it's it's definitely blown up, and with people being in lockdown, uh, it's definitely taken yeah. off. And their strategic partnerships as well um, with I think it uh, it's with an educational based platform now, and just sharing knowledge mm -hmm. and. I think it's yeah. just become incredible. And what have you learned? I mean, you have an extensive career in the field of, of marketing and, and business and strategy. Uh, what have you, what are the key lessons that you've, you've taken from maybe a business, business point of view as, as well as personal capacity? Sure, uh, goodness, I've learned lessons that will fill volumes, absolute volumes. I think maybe I can put them into uh, Three categories. The first lesson, the first is around uh, what I've learned about myself <laughs> um, in the context of business. Uh, the second category, I'd say, what I've learned about my job, uh, the actual technical skills of yeah. being able to do that that help me to do uh, what I get paid for. And then the third one, I've learned about my interface with the world, um, uh, as well as my job's interface with the world. Um, and, and that, I guess, is what led to my quest to always work in, in, in mission-driven uh, positions because 
in the process of learning more about myself and learning and, and mastering the technical skills um, that help me to do my job and then figuring out how do these things that I do actually impact the world or not, um, I started discovering that I needed to work. I needed, I needed to do work that meant something. Uh, you know, I couldn't yeah. just be a, a hack. So on, on a certain level, um, I paid my dues, you know, starting out in advertising. First adverts I, I ever did were um, for <laughs> hemorrhoid treatment cream. So I always say to people <laughs> that I, I genuinely started at the bottom <laughs> in my career. <laughs> you know, from, from doing that to moving on to sell, you know, like bigger brands, higher education institutions, newspapers, uh, you know, multinational, uh, you know, TV networks and things like that. In the process, I've, I've learned how to get really, really good at what I do. Um, and I think I've gotten quite good at, at, at knowing myself and, and, and being myself. Um, and the piece that is really evolving now, which I feel see as the next season of my life, is that third piece. How do I, in, how, do, how do those things engage with and intersect with the rest of the world um, to give me meaning to my life? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's incredible. And would you mind maybe sharing a, a few of those lessons? Yes, for sure. I think the, um, the first one is uh, that you really need to be yourself. <laughs> um, if you are yourself um, as much as possible, the best version of you, that doesn't mean just take yourself out there and, uh, and don't try to, to become the best version of yourself. But if you take the, the, the best version of yourself out every single time, there will be consistency to your story. When there's consistency to your story, you don't need to be reinventing persona and, uh, uh, you know, sort of conning people into believing in you. So one of the, the things that gives me the greatest pride and joy really in my life is that the person that most people met in my first job um, is still the person that uh, they engage with today. Um, the person my family knows and my children know and my mother knows um, is the same person that my colleagues know and uh, people that I engage with in the world know. So consistency, I think, is a thing that I've learned. And I learned that from watching um, uh, two individuals uh, who I would say were my, are my biggest uh, probably mentors or role models uh, professionally. Um, and that was uh, Jane Raffaele. Uh, who was the, the founder of Associated uh, Media Publishing, uh, the woman who brought us Cosmopolitan Magazine, Oprah Magazine, which I edited uh, for a while. And she brought, you know, House and Leisure, all those kind of things. And, I, you know, Jane was just, uh, still is just a consistent person. And because she's consistent in terms of, you know, her behavior, her, her um just the, you know, the way she engages with people, but at the same time, she's constantly growing all the time. She reads a lot, she's exposed uh, with a very diverse group of people, but she's consistent and she's just a solid person. I've seen the kind of professional respect that she gets. She doesn't, you know, she didn't build her, her career or her reputation on Instagram, <laughs> it wasn't there. She didn't build it on perceptions, she built it on hard work, you know, yeah. so, so her work speaks for her. It, without her, I mean, she's not on, on, she's got a couple of profiles up on social media, but she does, she's, she never posts anything. Um, 
you know, uh, and she's retired now as a chairman of Associated Media Publishing. But, um, you know, that consistency and that solidness as a person just inspired me from, from a very young age. I longed to work for her. Um, and the day that it finally came to pass, I just couldn't actually believe it was happening. And the second person was my mother. Uh, my mother is a, is a, a professional, you know, uh, she was an academic, uh, and then she moved into university administration and uh, recently retired as a. And I always say to people that my my role model, my I learned from the breast, literally. You know, um, yeah. the person that she was at home is the person that she was at work, is the person that she was in public. So just her consistency, you know, she didn't um, uh, act um, as, you know, Dr. Kaunda. She was, uh, you know, just herself all the time. And th that is a quality that I think I respect a lot in people. And I try exceptionally hard to be consistent like that because I see the reward they got, uh, the two of them. Uh, for being those kind of people. They get trust from people, they get respect um, for what they do, and also people can, can know exactly what they stand for um, and, and, and know, you know, uh, and it gives them that professional credibility. Mm -hmm. um, and both of them are retired and I'd like to believe that uh, I am the second coming. <laughs> of, <the two. laughs> of A fusion of two great minds going in. It's going into uh, the next century. Yeah, and you know something? I think a lot of young people today, um, I do see it just based on, I mean, I'm, I'm connected to a lot of uh, young people for whatever reason. I don't know why I'm connected to them, but I, I like, I enjoy being around young people. Um, uh, but I see sometimes, you know, the kind of things that they post online, etc. You can see uh, someone trying to curate um, a perception of themselves. You don't have to. If you are a consistent person, you will never have to curate anything. Yes. Because your, your life will speak for itself across all platforms in all contexts. You don't have to curate um, a persona, um, you know, and have this uh, like an image of perfection. Because guess what? You're still going to make mistakes. And goodness knows, I've made all of my mistakes. And there's still more to come. I'm sorry to, to announce. <laughs> there's still more to come. Despite everything that I've learned and I've known, I'm still going to make those mistakes. But the point is yourself. You never have to be looking over your shoulder to figure out who am I supposed to be in this group of people? Who am I supposed to be in that group of people? It just creates so much mental tension and so much stress, completely unnecessary. Um, everything that you are, if you bring all of that to the table, you'd be amazed how many people love, uh, love to receive everything that you are. And I think that that's the most important thing is meaningful and authentic relationships that we build with peers and just humans around us. And I think that's 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 something we we missed um, in in a, a transition phase. I would say uh, from millennials into uh, Gen Z, <laughs> um, yeah. and and I mean it's it's about the lessons and the advice that our parents instilled in us that we can carry on for generations because those are values that that carry on from a foundation phase into just being a good person at heart going forward absolutely in fact you know i always uh, feel like you know sometimes and i suppose it's to be expected it might you know it's part of uh, the journey of you know of evolving and growing as a human being is that you need to explore and uh, um you know and 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 
in, in, engage and investigate different uh, ideas from around the world, different ways of being, etc. But if you get to a point where you are everything uh, to all people, then you are nothing to yourself. Yeah. You really are nothing. You know, and, and when, you, when there's nothing at your core and there's nothing to ground you and to keep you steady, to know like, okay, hang on, this is my jumping off point, um, then you will fall for absolutely anything. Um, and you will stand for nothing, as they say, you know, the saying goes. And in the end, you will make no impact because, you know, no, no, one, no one can hold on to, you know, like that fly blown off from the tree. It's beautiful, it's pretty, but it's flying, it's gone. You know, there's no substance to it. There's no solidity. There's no value, really, at the end. I think value comes from, uh, you know, from, from having internal substance um, as a person. I think the word you use is authentic, and that's absolutely the correct word. Be authentic. And then what your education does is simply enhance your authenticity and, and propel you to the next level. Um, don't, you know, it's important to be inspired by people. I know people, a lot of people, uh, young, young women especially do say to me, oh, you inspire me. And that scares me a little bit sometimes because it means uh, in many cases that someone wants to be like me. There is absolutely no need to want to be like me. Yeah. But I think maybe you can be you yourself. Can look at all the qualities. Yes, be yourself, but look at the qualities and maybe ask me questions around how am I able to hold on to myself and hold on to to my, um, so you can utilize the same to hold on to your own. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? To hold on to your own so that you, you know, you're able to walk through life um, uh, confident that you know yourself. If nothing else, you know yourself. No, that, that, that's powerful. And I think when we, as, as we go through the ages, and I mean, young professionals coming into the industry, but also graduates, it's, it's asking that those questions to seniors and experienced individuals that how did they find themselves and maybe take lessons from that to, to maybe not make the mistakes they made to make your own unique decisions in sort of the process to re reach those career goals. Well, you see what's sad about it is that as much as I'm saying all that I'm saying, um, and say, you know, young people do, you know, need to have a foundation and hold on and, and, and sort of learn uh, from others. On the flip side, I also know that they're uh, uh, everybody before millennials who are also not generous um, in sharing those lessons. Yeah. Everybody's, I'm talking about this curated, uh, this curated uh, persona that we see in the socials and in the front page of magazines and so on, um, that no one tells the truth. Well, not no one, but it's an exaggeration. But um, a lot of people don't tell the truth. You know, everyone uh, wants their journey to just appear magical and gilded in silver and gold. And, you know, they're like the new wonderkind of uh, technology or the, 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 the new um, hotshot in politics. Like everything is um, the, the latest and the greatest. And when you don't share your authentic stories, you are robbing these young people yes. because then when they make a mistake or when they fail or when something doesn't work out, that's how people get into depression or people give up because they think, well, clearly I'm a failure. And uh, because so many people are trying to act like it's easy and that's, you know, everything that I've, that I've said up to now is it's not easy. 
but it's yeah. important to do and it's, it's not optional. But I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, one of the things that would help to make it a bit easier is if um, professionals who have gone before would share knowledge, would share uh, the truth about their professional experiences um, to help young people to grow. But it's a pity that uh, not many have got, you know, make the time to do that. That's true. And I mean, that's, that's the goal of the podcast to, to try and just break the ice in, in the sort of field in, in getting people to chat about their professional experiences. Because from my perspective, coming into the corporate world, as well as chatting to a, young, a lot of young people that are coming out of university is they're more focused on that job title and the salary, but rather than their mental health in the space, their physical health and how they're Look, maintaining those sort of things. Very, very, yeah. It's, yeah, the job title and the salary. Look, I understand why um, those seem appealing and, 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 and they are important. I want to do a job without getting paid, personally. <laughs> no, I'm saying. <laughs> no, 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 I won't do it. Uh, number one, because I think that I'm worth being paid for what I do. But number two, I've got practical realities of three children. How am I going to do a job and not get paid? How are those kids going to eat? So, so the desire to, 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 uh, to make money is a natural and a healthy desire. No one needs to feel uh, ashamed of it. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and on the other side as well, um, I work very hard. I apply myself. I'm that girl that's awake at uh, quarter past one in the morning because I want to make the presentation perfect, even though my boss yesterday said it was perfect. I can still kind of like thinking this must be a way I can improve on it. That's because I want the professional validation that um, what I do uh, is different and it's unique and it's a, it's a cut above. You know, so wanting that title, etc. There's also nothing wrong with that because I work hard. Why shouldn't I get that title? The problem comes in when you want to take shortcuts to the money, yeah. shortcuts to the title. That's yes. where you know things really fall apart. If you want, uh, you know, if you, uh, you know, you're going to wangle your way uh, through schmoozing sh- uh, and smooching and whatnot. To, to, to sort of endear yourself to your superiors so that um, you can have a, a, a professional advantage over your peers who work maybe as hard, whose work might even be better than yours. Um, and then you get in that way. That's what I'm calling a shortcut. Um, if you, um, in, in the cheapest, lowest terms, uh, decide that the custom couch route is the route you're gonna take, to, um, to, to attain the position or the salary of your dreams, that's a shortcut. The problem with shortcuts is that you end up uh, in very, 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 very bad places because you want to know um, what you're doing and you get exposed eventually, yeah. um, especially not like street smart. And when you get exposed, then you take a long slide back. I'll give you a little um, story of something that happened to me uh, which I always, uh, my, my kids always tease me about. Um, once uh, there was a, um, a fire on a mountain when I was still a journalist. And there was a fire and I saw the, I saw the fire and I said, something's happening there. So I phoned the newsroom. I said, I've just left the office. There's a fire on the mountain um, on such and such a site. And they said, oh really, um, do, we, do we need to send someone there to come and check it out? I said, no, let me check it first. Maybe it's a controlled fire, maybe the mountain 
and maybe it's a controlled fire by the city. So once I see it, then I'll, I'll phone you if you need to send a journalist to come and take pictures because it was spectacular the way the flames were. And then I drove uh, down this little road um, and then and I asked an, uh, a man walking along the road, I said, am I going in the right direction? I'm trying to get to that fire. He said, oh, no problem. You should just turn left and get to the top. Um, but when he said turn left, his hand gestured right. And in my <laughs> head, I registered the gesture to the right. I didn't listen to the words turn left. So of course, when I got there, I turned right and drove down and found myself in a graveyard, a literal graveyard. <laughs> and I had a tiny little car and I couldn't reverse. It was dark. My, my wheel got into a hole. I had to step out and push my car out of the graveyard. It was one of the most frightening experiences of my life because I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to those things. I don't watch horror movies and stuff. But I, it has always stuck with me. I said, you know what happens when you just, you, you watch people's gestures, but you don't. When you watch people's gestures, you don't listen to the words. You, know, you must make sure there's alignment between what is being said and what is being done. So when you listen to different people around you um, giving you advice, make sure there's an alignment between what is said and what is being shown or demonstrated. Um, that's one way to stay out of trouble. Um, and, and, you know, the, the shortcut, you know, trying to take a shortcut, all I needed to do was to say to the newsroom, send somebody and they'd go and check it out. But I wanted to be the one to go break the story, you know. So yeah. I'm going to be the one who's going to go there. I want to check this fire out. I want to take pictures. I want to send it to the newsroom. They'll post. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, so sometimes we try to, to get there very quickly, um, not by the right means, and then you end up in a graveyard, literally dead. That's what <laughs> That's what happens to me. Yeah. No, that's and and from all these experiences, I guess what. What would you tell someone that's maybe trying to pursue a career like yours? And we understand not being like you, but maybe taking some of those those characteristics or those qualities. And how would how would you advise someone wanting to pursue a career in marketing, in journalism, and making their way to the top as executives in, in the process? Yeah, I think um, you know the 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 profession the, the professional line that I've taken in marketing communications. Uh, media, all of that stuff, they, there is one very, very obvious risk, a very obvious risk in it. A lot of it is smoke and mirrors, a huge amount, mm. including, by the way, in mainstream media. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is smoke and mirrors. If you are not wide awake as to who you are, to go back to my first point of you have to be consistent and authentic and you have to know yourself. If you don't um, invest or spend enough time in learning who you are and in developing who you are and 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 developing your it will eat you up it will spit you out or it will turn you to a monster um because you know the, the issue the, the 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 glaring problem with the industry um as a whole uh, on a broad level is i, I would say our achilles heel would be the issue of integrity and ethics. Yes. So what do you share? What do you not share? What do you, um, um, you know, how, how do you respect other people's words? And how do you trust? In your go back to your original question around the social media aspect, uh, people are curating all sorts of things which have nothing to do with who they really are. I know people who post um, things on their pages. I know for a fact they don't live like um, yes. You know, that's not, that's not their real life because I know them personally. 
um, but the picture for those they look online is a lack of perfection and all this kind of stuff. And that has unfortunately permeated even into mainstream media. If you want to make it in this industry, and if you have got a long-term kind of uh, view to how you want to build your career, you have to know yourself, you have to master the skills of the industry, and then you have to figure out how those two things intersect with the rest of the world. Is it gonna intersect in, 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 with an approach of integrity um, and ethics? Or are you going to you know, go in the opposite direction? So it goes back to those three things that, uh, that I mentioned at the beginning. I think that's yes. what has helped me because of my consistency. It, you know, um, uh, just as a person, I try very, very hard to stay as close to the real me as possible. I'm a human being. Maybe there are times when I stray from that, but um, not consciously. Consciously, I'm constantly trying to, to stay as close to myself as, as possible because I don't want one day to have to explain people are talking about that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I want one version of me out in the world. And I see that really as a, probably one of my greatest accomplishments that my kids know the person that my boss knows at work, you know, which means yes. that I speak very clearly. And uh, um, at, my, at my funeral, I sincerely hope that when people are talking, no one will be giggling in the back and saying, hmm, really? <laughs> you know, I would like all, when all the speakers I've spoken, everyone to say, yeah, they're talking about the same girl, you know. So my advice to, to young people, uh, especially once you to go into the communications field, ethics and integrity, but it doesn't start on the outside, it starts with you. How do you know yourself? How do you treat yourself? How do you treat other people? How do you apply yourself to mastering your craft and your work, um, and then how do you make sure that what you do is going to mean something in the world um, and, and make a difference in the world and leave something positive behind? Because how oh, working in this industry, we can make or break people. We can make or break companies. Um, yeah. In fact, we can make or break governments just by what we write, just by what we put out there. And you know, there has to be a level of responsibility that one has. And you can't develop that level of responsibility without having responsibility over yourself in the first place. Yes. I mean, I've taken so much in, in the last few minutes. I'm like, I'm like writing it down here and I'm like, I, I need to implement this in, in sort of my sort of my perspective and, and how I'm how I'm looking at, at things and stuff. But and as well, what have you what are the resources that you may have used in, in sort of that space to get to where you are? Maybe resources now that you currently use or books that you've read that you maybe pass on to your daughters for the lessons to take on, but what would you recommend to, to the students that are, that are coming into the field? Oh my goodness. So I am like a reader. Uh, I, I'm trying to find this, uh, I can't find it. Um, I have, I'm a, I'm a big reader. I love, um, I love, uh, books that I'm, I'm not crazy about biography um, but I like um, human interest type of stories yes because I find that I learn a lot uh, even from fiction looking at the dynamics of how people engage I think that's how I learned how to you know in terms of stakeholder relations uh, which is a big part of the you know the job that I do I you know that I think I learned a lot from novels just from seeing how different uh, characters engage with each other. So it's not so much, I think, as it's not so much the title of the book as the fact that you should be reading first place. Just yeah. read. 
you know, read um, uh, interesting thing, read something longer than a caption on an Instagram post. <laughs> um, we live in the world of quotes. Um, every quotes myself, but more often than not, I've actually read the book that the quote came from. So I understand the context of the quote, um, which is important. Obviously, someone can say, well, it's easy for you because you're a literature major and you're in communication, so you read a lot. I am obliged to read because if I don't read, what am I going to write? I'm going to, you know, especially when in business writing, um, working in, 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 the, in the kind of jobs that I do, I do business writing now. It's not fiction. It's business writing, but it all has to be underpinned by facts and research, etc. That is one of the ways that you establish and you really cement your credibility as a professional when you know what you're talking about. There is nothing more delicious than being in that meeting and everybody debating and discussing and speculating and pontificating and you are able to bring facts to the table because you've done research, because you've read, because you are knowledgeable, you are informed. So my advice is just read, um, you know, I mean, I've read <laughs> Jeffrey Sachs. I don't think that's a fun read for most people, <laughs> but it's part of, you know, kind of the kind of thing, I, you know, that I enjoy, obviously. Uh, Yuval Noah Harari, everything he writes is like gold to me um, as a historian, you know, Sapiens and, uh, uh, you know, all his books are read. They're like very long books. I don't read them because they're thick books. I read them because they help me to be less thick. <laughs> you know? That's that's true. That's very true. Yeah. I really enjoyed so, this collection as well. No, he's amazing. So for me, it's also just the way he thinks. One of the things you pick up from reading books is you get, especially reading books by really good writers who, who take time to research, you learn how to do... Uh, how to develop your own lines of reasoning and how you present your case and how you talk and how your voice uh, comes across. It's an, it's an opportunity to experiment and to say, okay, maybe this is how I would uh, wish to, to present my ideas. So when, when my kids, I incentivize them to read. You know, everybody has to read a book a week. And quite frankly, I pay them 10 bucks a book. And I don't care if someone says it's bribery and corruption. Because <laughs> for me, it's about what I'm getting at the end of the day. Number one, they get to learn that uh, nothing comes for free. So they're working yes. for it in a way. Um, but also, they get to learn so much more through the books that they read. So when you talk about what am I going to leave my, my daughters, I think one of the, the legacies for me is what my mother left me. And that is reading. Read, 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 read. And, and it's such a powerful tool that we underestimate. And I, I wasn't a huge avid reader until I, I got into the space of, of more research and I was reading four to five journals a week. And then you had to put that in, into, into process. And, and then I got more into books and with having a busy schedule, I'm like, okay, sitting in traffic, I'm maybe going to get an audio book and I'm going to listen to it on the way in, in traffic. And then I'll go back, I'll download the book and then I'll yeah. start making notes about, you know, what I've listened on my journey to work and, and my journey back home. And yeah. it's just those small little increments of taking time, even if it's an yeah. audio book, you're still taking in that knowledge to okay. set, some, set some time for yourself and, and just highlight those key words. And mm -hmm. I've just implemented that in, in sort of a corporate setting. And, and one of those two crucial books that I took was the Dale Carnegie how to win friends and influence people and just love languages. 
Um, I yeah. can't remember the the author, but just using it in business and when you interacting with new business partnerships or dealing with friends in in that space, it's just to, nice to understand their love language, to be like, yeah. you know what, here I'm I'm early on time. Maybe they mm-hmm. they they love being on time and punctual, and just allowing them those those little small characteristics make a huge difference to how, as you said, of authenticity. Absolutely. So, you know, like I, I also have a very diverse range like that in that, you know, I can read uh, Homo Deus uh, uh, for two weeks and normally it would take me like three days if I was on holiday, but having children and living, being in a full-time job, it also takes me bits and pieces. That's the thing that people don't understand. You can do it in bits and pieces and slowly, yeah. um, incrementally start to introduce new ideas. Um, and then the following week, I will also read um, the book you're talking about, The Five Love Languages. That's uh, by Dr. Gary Chapman. Yes. He's also one of my students. Now he's also got the five love languages for children, um, which I got because I wanted to understand, you know, my, my kids a lot better. I believe in conscious parenting. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to find myself in somebody's book one day in the future about how much I messed up their childhood. So I do try to, to invest in them. And um, yeah, so so those uh if you look at the um, Homo Deus, that's about in- increasing my understanding of the world, which is part of increasing that uh, second leg of my little tripod, uh, which is about my skill level and my uh, understanding of what I do. And then when I read the five love languages, it's more about how do I uh, engage with the world, uh, which includes my family and other people. Um, you know, so so try and make your reading diverse. I also, you know, um, I love uh, my favorite and my big secret uh, indulgence is K-dramas on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Korean dramas. The, the, the important point is that try, you should be trying to introduce new ideas outside of the world that you know. Yes. Outside of the world that you inhabit every single day. So for heaven's sake, I've never been to Korea. I know nothing about Korea except that my children are obsessed with K-pop music. And <laughs> in my house, um, you know, I've got kids learning Korean online and, and stuff like that because our kids are homeschooled. So they, they're doing Korean just from their love of uh, pop music from that part of the world. I mean, look at the impact and the influence. So I say to them, right, you can like the pop music, but you're not allowed to just... Uh, be a consumer. So now they're doing a paper uh, together, a project, the three of them, on um, Korean culture and uh, through the ages uh, and history. That's part of them learning something new. My, my, my hope is that they will also be curious, like I've always been curious, just to yes. know about other parts of the world, be curious about how other people think. Believe it or not, the whole world doesn't think like us. Yeah. And with the shocker. We think that the, our philosophies and and what we believe and our politics and our religion and you know our culture is the beginning and the end of the world. It genuinely isn't. It place with a lot of different influences. And the more you get to to, to be exposed uh, through books, through film, through music, to different parts of the world, the more prepared you are to engage at a high level and when you become a professional. Wow. And it it takes you to the next level. And I mean, your next level is Mary's Meals and it's a global initiative. And 
So tell me more about your role in, in the project, but also how did you come about it and what's really driving you to, to that next step in, in a global initiative such as Mary's Meals? Yeah, it, um, uh, let me tell you something. It's a, it's a, it's a genuinely a dream come true. Uh, Mary's Meals International is an international uh, uh, movement. Uh, it's more than a job. It really is a movement um, of people who are working really hard um, to make sure that they, you know, that, that how do we sleep at night? We can't continue sleeping at night, not um, no, not knowing what's happening to the children in the world. Yeah. And kids are sleeping hungry every single day. Kids are sleeping hungry. It doesn't make sense. How do we allow that? So I that's what moved me. I love children. I absolutely love children. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I obsessed with my nieces and nephews and my own kids. Um, you know, so I, I have a parenting uh, show on radio. Um, and so this for me, working with Mary's Meals um, across 19 territories, 19 countries in the world, um, just to, to raise funds for uh, a very important job of feeding children is, is like a dream come true for me. Because I'm able to now leverage my professional skills, all the experience and networks that I've built globally over the last 24 years and you means so much to me it's just the perfect uh, the perfect fit I'm, I'm really really just excited very blessed to have this job wow and i mean uh, i researched the site and when you sent me the link I, I went and i went and i looked in and i mean it's an amazing initiative and i mean i wish you all the best for for the journey ahead and i'll be putting those links in the description as well for our viewers and our listeners to to get in touch with the the organization as well and whether they can help or volunteer in any sort of space or form it would be really great for them as well yeah yeah no definitely um they should um, if you go onto marysmeals.org um literally on the first page you, you will see exactly how you can help and the most important thing is like there's no amount too small to donate yes. Um, to make sure that we, we feed kids around the world. The thing that most people maybe might not know, Shaden, is that when you feed these kids, it's not just a do-gooder type of... At the end of the day, these are the kids who, if we don't educate them, because remember, Mary's Meals' uh, mission is to feed kids in a place of, of education. So the feeding happens in a school context. The uptake uh, and enrollment shoots up in every area that Mary's Meals goes into, especially rural areas where parents won't even bother to send their kids to school at all because I mean, kids are hungry. So when they know that if you go to school, you're gonna get a meal guaranteed, kids will enroll and parents will be pushing for the kids to enroll. That's what's important is that you have to see this as an economic imperative for yeah. each country to make sure that kids are fed. If kids are fed, they'll get into education. If kids are educated, you're talking about uh, enhancing or building the, the, the capacity of the country in many different areas. So it's not just about being a do-gooder, but it's also about being quite quite capitalistic in a way. You know, it's an investment in the future of the country. Um, you know, there's uh, the pipeline for, for talent. Um, it all happens through education. So, you know, when people donate to Mary's Meals, that's, that's what they're doing. They're creating a pipeline. They, they, they're empowering us 
to make sure that that pipeline is strong and, and young, pe young people, especially children, can get into school um, and stay in school because they know they're going to get that meal. And therefore, there's no need for them to be distracted uh, from the, the endeavor of education. I mean, that's, it's, and I mean, the initiative is just, it's just so powerful and the movement um, just to encourage people. And I mean, for society, I mean, kids are the next generation and the next future and having an education not only lifts people out of poverty as Nelson Mandela mentions, it also changes the way society operates as well. And that's what we really want is that generational wealth and growth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I hope, uh, encourage every single person to go to mariesmills.org, go to the website, um, have a look at the work that's being done um, and support the work. You know, um, they, there's, there's something every single person can do to contribute. In some cases, it's even your skills or your abilities or volunteering. There are many ways to, to make a difference. No, that's, and I'm going to definitely put that link in the description so tons of people can actually just get involved and just know about the organization as well. Um, just wrapping up on a last few questions, and I mean, I always love asking the, these two questions. If you were in my shoes right now as, as the interviewer, what questions have I missed um, right now for you that maybe you, you would want to ask yourself or just share with the audience? Yeah, question. Well, I think maybe the, the one piece that uh, maybe I haven't talked about is how I refuel. Yes. This takes, 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 takes out of me. Um, and how do I put something back in so that there's something more to give again tomorrow? Um, I think a lot of execs uh, are always in that, in, that, in that space of trying to get a work-life balance. Um, so yeah, maybe I would ask about work-life balance, and my answer to the question would be: um, you have to, you have to have something that you're absolutely obsessed and passionate about. And for me, that's my children. I mean, literally, as a, I always say to people, my kids, yes, are, are my obligation, but they're also my hobby. Literally, <laughs> they are my hobby. So, you know, I have my kids, I have my dogs. So family is is what centers me, is what grounds me. Um, the world can whip me out there and I always come home with my tail between my legs, but I know when I get here, I'm 100% uh, uh, loved. Knowing that um, really, really gives me the fierce to go out tomorrow. Really. No, that's, that's powerful. And I mean, balance is, is a huge importance as you start growing in your career professionally. It's having those stable structures and those routines that you build that just create balance and a foundation to, to yeah. explore new ideas as well. Yeah. And the last question, and I mean, it's been a great conversation. And although 2020 has been a good year for some, but also tragic um, for others, what has 2020 given you? 2020 gave me a lot. And it feels uh, quite difficult to say that. Um, in a context where people lost so much. Yes. Um, but what it gave me, though I had, my mom was down uh, for medical treatment and then she got stuck um, in SA because of the travel ban. And so she ended up being here for eight whole I never thought I'd ever have with my mom. Um, now that I'm an adult, living my own life in a different country, 
Uh, we only see each other for holidays, two weeks at a time, three weeks at most, uh, over the past two decades, you know? Yeah. And I got this incredible opportunity, um, thanks to lockdown and the travel ban, to be in the same space as my mother for eight months. In that eight months, I got to have incredible conversations with her. Um, that just helped to unlock so many different things, questions that I had. Um, in those eight months, uh, nothing was left unsaid, not one thing. There is no sorry that was not said. There is no um, I love you that was not said. There, there is like literally it feels it's like being reborn. I mean, my mom and I already had an amazing relationship, but now it's just ridiculous. You know, um, I got to, to, in those eight months, to talk to my mother just as a person, not as a, um, you know, I got to talk to her as a mom, as a, as a, as a woman, um, because I think growing up, you know, she cut such a, an imposing figure. She was such an accomplished person and, and so important to so many people that I didn't realize that sometimes I used to hold back because I felt like, you know, my mom is too busy. Um, uh, you know, she's doing very important things and maybe something that matters to me might not be something that she'll be interested in hearing. Um, and I got to just know a whole other side of my mom that was just insanely beautiful. And 2020 is a year that will go down in history for me as just my year of completion and of fulfillment, emotionally, psychologically. Um, and and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I pray that when, <laughs> when I'm older, my daughters and I will be allowed the opportunity to live long enough for my daughters to to connect the child, but as a woman, um, and get to know my story. I got to know my mom's story, and it's an amazing story. And I had no idea about that story <laughs> because she was just mommy, you know, and mommy yeah. paid the bills and mommy made sure we went to school and mommy was, but when you start talking just as a, an individual, so much to learn. And I think, you know, I would encourage young people, um, you know, whatever the quality or nature of your relationship with the, those who brought you into this world or those who have raised you, if those who brought you to this world are not there, um, to take a bit of time to see um, what, you know, what can you explore that can help to unlock you to yourself? Um, and what can you get to know about the other person that will help you to understand them better and therefore understand yourself better? Because the more you know yourself, I go back to my first principle, the more you know yourself. Uh, the better you will do at work um, and the better you will interface with the rest of the world. Wow. And I mean, that's a great place to actually leave this podcast off. And I mean, you've been an incredible guest. So insightful, incredibly insightful. I've taken so much of personal notes from this. And I mean, thank you for chatting, chatting to me and the audience as, as a whole. And hopefully we can, we can stay in contact. I know we're going to definitely connect more on Mary's yeah. Meals and, and create more partnerships where we can. I think that will be really mm -hmm. important. But as well, where can my audience reach you um, to maybe get involved or, on a, on a, or maybe they just want some like lessons or just some advice. Can they reach you on any social platforms? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on all the socials. I'm on LinkedIn if it's for professional purposes. I'm on the good old Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Those who are on TikTok, please <laughs> connect with me so I can show my child that I've got two followers on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, I think that, yeah, those are the places that you can find me. And uh, you can look also, if it's on Instagram, you can look at Hello Mama Bear. Look for Hello Mama Bear and you will find uh, my public stuff is there. Okay, 100%. And thank you again so much. I'm extremely grateful and appreciative of your time um, that you've taken out of your day and your schedule. And uh, yeah, and I look forward to creating more business partnerships and strategic partnerships going ahead. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ben. Pleasure. Bye. Enjoy the conversation as much as I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Ciao.